Today there's a word in the house. Is anybody ready for the word this morning? Now, almost five months ago, this is crazy. I knew I was going to be giving out so much at conference that I wouldn't have time to prepare for my message on Sunday. Because y'all know how, like, I, hey, listen, I'm trying to give you filet mignon. Every time you come up in here, if you eat McNuggets in the Word during the week, I'm trying to give you a steak. And so I got to prepare a whole bunch to do that. And so I called one of my good friends out of Houston. Um, who, his name is Jeremy Foster, Pastor Jeremy Foster. And... Uh, now, the thing you need to know is there's only probably been four guest speakers that have ever spoken on Transformation Church Estates outside of our home team. Like, how many enjoyed Pastor Bree's message last week? Daily faith. Y'all know I just went ahead and called her Pastor Bree because she brought that word. Y'all, can we thank God for the gifts we have in our own house? Bree, we love you. She checked all of us last week. It's like, ooh, I'm the pastor. Uh-oh. Need to read my Bible again. But today, um, the man of God who is going to speak has helped me more to do what God's called me to do than almost everybody in the world. There's only a few people that have helped me look me in my eyes and said, hey, don't shrink back. Like what God's doing in your life, he would see me walk in the rooms with people that I've admired for years and like kind of be like, no, like this, that. And he pulled me into the corner and he said, listen to me, you're here on purpose. And he said, don't you dare turn your light down because you're in here, shine. Make them go back and ask God, what do I need to do? I mean, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, and the thing you're gonna love about, I call him Uncle Jeremy, so he's Uncle Jeremy to you too. He, he crazy. You know, I like crazy people because the first time I met him, he's like white and wears cowboy boots, but it's like hood and knows how to sing R&B. Like some of y'all like, how? I know, how? But he leads one of the fastest growing churches in Houston in four years. The reason I really do believe that he's speaking into this because we've been going about the same time and in four years, they have seen their church go from a small group of people to over 10,000 people every weekend. And they just celebrated 34,000 salvations. In, oh, y'all y'all know that's why, that, y'all know that's why we exist. So we're celebrating 34,000 salvations with Hope City. We all stand all over the place. And can we give for the first time at Transformation Church, my friend, a mentor of mine, to speak the word, and y'all better talk back to him today. Coming to the stage is Pastor Jeremy Foster. Come on, let's give Jesus an ovation of worship that only a king is worthy of. Come on, somebody, lift your voice in this house. Man, it feels good in the room. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good. Turn to your second choice and tell them you look good too. <laughs> you can be seated. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Let me first call out the obvious to all of those of you sitting here and in additional seating and watching online. I can feel your collective disappointment. I can feel it. You're like, ah, ah, ah. This is not Pastor Mike. I don't know how you knew, but 
love Pastor Mike and Natalie. Give it up for them, man. What amazing people of God. Listen, not only is he one of the greatest preachers of our time, one of the greatest communicators, both of them are some of the greatest leaders of our time. They also have the coolest style in the world. No, for real. Pastor Mike, the, I don't know anybody that can wear like awesome sneakers, a pair of camouflage pants, an orange shirt, a multicolored jacket, and everybody's like, man, I wish I had that outfit. And he's like, you can for $399. I'm playing. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, come on. <laughs> I've got no style. Literally. My wife bought this shirt. I did not buy these jeans with a hole in them. I wore that hole into the jeans. I got, I got my boots on. Somebody, thank you. There's one cowboy in the room. Somebody told me not long ago, they were like, bruh, pastor, bruh, bruh, you need to get some off-whites. So I told my wife, I was like, somebody said I need to get some off-whites. What's that? So she pulled up a picture of some black tennis shoes. I was like, I'm a little colorblind, but that ain't off-white. That's way off-white, that's black. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. But I'm honored to be here. One more time, give your pastor a great big hand and his family. I love you, man. I love you. Rocking that pink jacket. I love you, man. What a church. What an amazing place. And I have a family. I love my wife and my kids. I have five kids. I think I have a picture of my, my family, uh, my wife and my kids. Can you give them a great big hand? My daughter, Jessie, is here with me. And that's, that's my little fam right there. I got five kids. Not because I like kids, because I like my wife. Come on, somebody. Hey, hey, hey. We've been married. <laughs> the real preacher will be back next week, guys. Come on, let's, let's make it last. We've been married. We've been married 19 years. And when I when I first thank you, when I first when I first met her, she had just given her life to Christ, so she was a church girl. And back in the day, you had to have game. Y'all don't have to have game no more. Where's the single people at? Raise your hand. You single? Uh, no. Just hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Look around. This is what you're looking. It's what you're looking at right here. It's what you're working with. Some of y'all be like, I'm gonna switch sections. I'm going over there. Hey, girl, hey. Back in the day, back in the day we, didn't, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Snapchat. We had to really chat. You had to be able to walk up and say, hey, how you doing? My name is, I'm like, it's a real conversation. You could just text somebody. By the way, you shouldn't still just text somebody. You, sh you should walk up and have a conversation. I'm preaching. Y'all don't even know I'm preaching. Relationship goals. But I had, I had to have game. Like a church girl game is different. You gotta have church girl game. You can't just be like, hey girl. Be like, hey, your name must be Faith. Cause you're the substance of things I've been hoping for. Ah, y'all ain't ready for your boy. Hey girl, I've been studying the book of Numbers. I noticed yours wasn't in here. Can you write it right there in my... Your boy put the stud in Bible study. Let's go. All right, guys, come on. Let's, come on, sit down. This, it's offensive. Let's. <laughs> Turn to somebody next to you and say, we're going to have fun. But I came with the word and I got it on Thursday while I was sitting here in this unbelievable conference. The Lord spoke to me sitting right over there. And I wept for about an hour and 15 minutes. And I love to watch what God is doing. In this church and what God is doing in this church and the online community those of you watching around the world this is very unique God's doing something here and I want to deliver what God gave me 
for this weekend. He literally spoke it to me Thursday. I perfected it on the plane yesterday, and I bring it to you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, In the same way, <laughs> we can see and understand only a little about God now, as if we're peering at his reflection in a poor mirror. But someday, we're going to see him in his completeness face to face. Now, all that I know is hazy. Turn to somebody next to you and say, it's hazy. And it's blurred. But then I will see everything clearly, just as clearly as God sees into my heart right now. This weekend, I'm going to preach to you on this subject. Hazy faith. Hazy faith. Some, sometimes I can't see exactly what he's doing, but I'm still going to follow the cloud. I'm not going to stay where he was. I'm going to stay where he's going. It's a little bit hazy, but I'm going to follow the hazy faith. When I have, when I have hazy faith, that means I'm going to trust him when I can't track him. That means I can't doubt him because I know too much about him. God does some of his best work in the dark. The Bible says Moses approached the thick, black darkness where God was. Can I tell you this, Pastor Mike? He invited everybody to come into the thick, black darkness. He said, all of y'all come up to the mountain. And they said, no, we're afraid. Let Moses go. And only one man had hazy faith. Aren't you grateful for a pastor with some hazy faith? He said, I don't know how we're going to do it. It's going to, toss, it's going to cost us God knows what to keep all of this for the weekend. By the way, we're going to pay for all of this for the weekend. Your whole rental. We're going to pay for your whole rental. Because it's not about one church. It's about the kingdom, baby. Let's watch God do something we've never seen God do before. It's going to take every one of us pushing and saying, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to follow you. I ain't got no backup in me. That's why I love your pastor. There ain't an ounce of quit in him. There ain't no backup. Hazy faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, follow the cloud. <laughs> this place to preach. Turn to somebody next to you and say, neighbor, don't memorize me. Because you won't recognize me when this is over. I'm going to walk out of here in a new way. I'm going to walk out of here in some new shoes. I'm going to walk out of here with some hazy faith. All right, sit down. If you're going to have hazy faith and you can't see it all. Listen, if you've got to see everything in order to walk, that ain't faith. The opposite of fear is faith. No, no, no. The opposite of faith is certainty. Well, when I'm certain, I don't even have to pray about it because I know. But when I'm walking in faith on a Thursday or a Wednesday, God can say, this is your new home. And I'll get up and say, don't know how it's going to happen, but this is our new home. And everybody goes, yeah, 
but they're not going to be the ones in the back room trying to figure it out. But when you have hazy faith, everybody can come together and say, all right, let's boldly go where God has called us to go. Hazy faith. Hazy faith takes three things. It costs three things. Turn to somebody and say crazy prayers. You got to learn how to you gotta learn how to pray crazy prayers. I was raised in a praying family. And here's what I know. This church is not just a crowd of people. You're here because a small group of people somewhere that you may have never even heard about, that you may have never met. I met a lady backstage that's been at this church for 16 years. I was like, all right, veteran. This is happening because a small group of people somewhere before you got here got on their knees, pounded the ground, some crazy prayers, and said, God, whatever you want to do, we don't have to get credit as long as you get the glory, and that's what it's going to keep taking for you, for our online community, for everybody around the world. Let's keep praying crazy. I was raised by a crazy mama. My mother's a church mother. You, you know what I'm talking about. The, the crazy people just pray over anything. If you see... <laughs> If you see my mom in Walmart and you're like, hey, can you pray for me? She'll be like, right now in the name. I'm like, hey, you ain't got to pray for him right now. <laughs> my mother prays over parking places. Oh, there's some church mothers in here. Literally, I, I was with my mother last Christmas. We went to Kroger's and we pulled in and mama said, right now in the name of Jesus, God, give us a good parking. Six people pulled out. Like there were people, they weren't even ready to leave. They're like, why are we leave? We shoplifting. We ain't even paid. I don't know. We got to go. <laughs> Crazy prayers. I'll pray over anything. I'll pray for anything. Crazy prayers. It's saying yes. Now, what's the question? Yes, Lord. Some of y'all need to wake up with a yes. Yes, Lord. What's the question? Remember that old song we used to sing it? How say yes. Lord, yeah, to your will and to your way, I say yes, Lord, yeah, I'll trust you and obey. Sing it with me. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be. Remember that? Lord, yeah, and that's good, but I think some of us sing it that way, but we mean it like this. I'll say maybe, Lord, maybe. If what you're asking's not too hard, I'll say I'll think about it, I'll think about it, I'll think about it. If you bless me with a brand new car, when your spirit speaks to me, we'll just have to wait and see. And my answer will be, Lord, what's in it for me? And at some point, it's got to stop being about you. And it's got to start being about Jesus. And it's got to start being about, Lord, whatever you say, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll go. I'm ready. Here's what I know about your pastor and about your team. It's all glory to God. It's all glory to God. I was raised in a praying family of church planters. We went to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, whenever I was about five years old. Come on, North Carolina. And we launched the church in Winston-Salem. We had 13 people on our team, and six of them were kids. It was a bad team. We learned how to pray. And I remember we had a little building. They were coming to repossess our church pews. We couldn't pay for it. We didn't know what we were doing. My dad was in there just praying, just crazy prayers, just praying crazy. When you pray crazy prayers, God will show up. He likes that kind of stuff. It's a little weird, but he likes that kind of stuff. 
My dad is praying crazy prayers. My mom's praying crazy prayers. And one night, Sunday, that's back when we used to have Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, Wednesday night church, a couple of revivals during the year, air night, 6 a.m. prayer. Y'all know about that 6 a.m. prayer. I don't even know if God was awake then, but we pray. And one Sunday night after church, my dad said, hey, we're going to eat. We never went to eat after church because we didn't have any money. I was like, ah, we're going to eat. Where are we going to eat? Taco Bell. Nobody leaves Taco Bell hungry. You can have $2 in your pocket. Get 10 tacos. Come on, somebody. So we, went to Taco, we went to Taco Bell, and, and we're in line, and we're behind these people. And uh, I noticed I'm a little kid. I was probably eight at that point. And, and these guys were in front of us, and they were, they were using real foul language and just talking real nasty. And here's my dad and my mom and me and my brother. And, and my dad, you know, I come from a cowboy family. So my dad, like, respect is a big deal. So he was, like, he was very kind. But he was like, hey, gentlemen, if you don't mind, I've got my wife and my kids here. Do you all mind just keeping it a little bit quieter so my boys don't hear that kind of talk? Not, not judging you guys. And they stepped up on my dad fast. There were four of them. And they were like, what are you going to do about it? And my dad's about five foot eight. He's all dynamite, but he's five foot eight. And he said, guys, I don't want any trouble. I'm just, I'm a pastor. I'm just, and it's like, well, well you're going to be in trouble. You're in trouble right now. You can't talk to us like that. And literally, before I even knew what happened, Pastor Mike, before I, this, the, the biggest man I've ever seen in my life, like stepped past my dad, towering over these dudes. And he grabbed the guy in front by the, the front of his collar and he said let me tell you something he said I'm here to help him and I'm going to be watching you and if you mess with this man you're going to answer to me he said I'm not here to eat I'm not going to eat anything I'm going to stand right over there up against that wall and I'm going to watch you this entire time and then he turned to my dad and he said hey preacher it's going to be all right. don't you worry about it my dad never told him he was a preacher I don't know where the dude came from all I know is heaven sent a thug angel to come up in there and deal with some stuff because when you cry crazy prayers God will show up I can't doubt him because I know too much about him All I have is all I need. Crazy prayers. Sometimes you got to learn how to be oblivious to the obvious. Obviously, we can't get in here. Obviously, the building hasn't been remodeled yet. Obviously, it needs some work. Obviously, it's going to take a lot. But we're oblivious to the obvious because God spoke it. Paul was good at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He said this. Now, you got to listen. Paul was gospel. I believe that when Paul got converted, he was converted into a gospel church with the 150 boys choir that swayed because he's weird. His responses are weird. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, that's torture. That's what's happening. Prison, torture, people die. Our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Now watch what he says. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are hazy. The things we fully don't understand for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Whenever you learn how to not keep your eyes on your affliction, your affliction works for you. When you learn how to not keep your eyes on your adversity, your adversity actually advances you and God can use your pain to produce your promise. If you won't stare at it and complain about it and talk about how it ain't going to work. 
Oh, I'm preaching up in here on a Sunday. Prayer works. There's no new secrets. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. Paul and Silas get thrown in prison for preaching Jesus. You ever got in trouble for doing the right thing? Yeah, how many of y'all have a crazy brother, a crazy sibling, always got in trouble, and you got in trouble just because you were standing next to him? I was like, you get over here too. Like, mama, I didn't even do anything, but you're both in trouble. And you're like, why? I didn't do anything. You got to know that's how they walk in feeling. I didn't do anything. We're just preaching in Jesus' name, but that's not how Paul responds. They go into prison and Paul is gospel, remember? Paul looks at Silas and goes, I've got an idea. Let's sing. That's, that's what church mothers say. You know what I mean? God is good all the time, and all the time, God is, God is good. He doesn't answer email. He answers an email. Come on, somebody. Those kind of people drive me crazy, and I love them because they get in prison, and they don't complain about it, and they don't whine about it, and they don't wonder what God's going to do. They started singing a song, and I don't know what they started singing, but I kind of believe they started singing something like, Ain't nobody do me like Jesus, white people. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. I said, Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Why? He my friend. And all of a sudden, the ground that they were standing on began to shake and the walls of that prison began to crumble and every door came open because there's power when we pray. Can I tell you this? Crazy prayer doesn't just work for you. It works for the people around you. Some of you have been whining about why you're in the prison of where you are. Why am I in this misunderstanding? Why am I in this situation? Why am I in this relationship that doesn't seem to be going anywhere? Why haven't I got the raise? Why haven't I got the promotion? Sometimes God allows you to go in prison, not just to put you in prison, but so that your praise can bust somebody else out. So we got to stop being selfish with our prayers and start saying, God, it's not about us. It's not even just about Tulsa. It's about the United States of America. It's about the world. you have crazy prayers you'll have crazy purpose that's what hazy faith will give you crazy purpose you were born an original don't die a copy understand your identity God created you on purpose for a purpose but so many of us don't really know who we are so we don't actually walk in the authority that we have a few years ago I was traveling somewhere and I I was going through uh, the TSA line God bless TSA I was going through the TSA line. I knew I was going to be a little bit late. I was like, all right, God, I need you to help me, Jesus. I'm standing there in the line by myself. I'm just, you know, I'm just standing there, just looking around. And one of the TSA agents in the the black pants and the blue shirt, I I hear her get very authoritative. She says, hey, sir. I was like, oh, somebody in trouble. (laughs) I look around like, man, she's mad. And she's looking kind of over towards me. And she's like, you, sir, in the black shirt. And I was like. Yes. She was like, come here now. I was like, ah, why? Can't I just stay here? <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I ain't got no bombs. Except these Holy Ghost bombs I'm going to drop at this conference later, but I ain't got nothing. <laughs> so I'm walking over them, scared to death. Everybody's looking. Literally, I can hear people going, ooh. 
like I'm in elementary school. Like, oh, he's in trouble. She's like, right here, right here, come here, right here. When I got about two feet from her, she went, Pastor, I'm so glad to see you. I said, ah, daughter of the Lord, blessed to the most high. She said, come on through. I got to get you through. You're my pastor. I was like, oh, you are blessed and highly favored. What can I pray for you for? Don't keep it long. Boy, got a plane to catch. Let's go. Sometimes you have authority that you don't even know about because you don't know who you are and somebody else knows who you are and God puts you in positions to walk into authority and you've got to accept it and receive it.